you, Minister Deanna Joe, for setting us up real good today. Does anyone in here love God more than anything in the entire world? Well, he certainly loves you more than anything in the world because he gave his only begotten son so that we could have life, but not just have life, but have it everlasting. I want you to know that I love you all this morning. Why don't you just shake someone's hand, tell them God bless you, let them know it's great to see you today. Then you can be seated. Before I begin ministering today, I just want to let you all know I'm so proud of my, my baby girl. On Yesterday, she qualified for states as a sophomore and her long jump as well as her 4 by 100 Very proud of her. Uh, and so she's starting to taste success, and I can tell that it's, she was just fired up. She just came and laid in the bed with me last night till about 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, it's always a blessing when your little girl just comes and lays on your chest and, you know, she's just feeling good. So I'm mean, encouraged for her. But really, uh, you know, the message that I'll minister today, I've never ministered on this subject before in my life. And uh, it was the events that have transpired in my life probably over the last nine days or so, maybe 10 days or so, that inspired this message, in particular on yesterday when I realized that God had saved my wife and my children's life unknowingly. And so I'll talk about it, I'm sure, at some point throughout the course of the message. But what I want to minister to you all on today is the subject of angels and the end of days. Angels and the end of days. Notice what I didn't say. I didn't say the last days. I said angels and the end of days. Write this down. The last days are everything from the book of Acts until Revelations. Those are the last days. The end of days, write this down, are the days that we're living in right now. The end of days, so when you see the scripture referring to the end of days, it's referring to the time that we're living in right now. The last days are from the book of Acts on. In the Old Testament, you'll see angels heavily involved in the lives of believers. And how many of you know God is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? And so if they needed angels to accomplish God's will in the earth then, how many of you know we still need them right now? You're going to find that in these end of days, the ministry of angels will be more pronounced than ever. Now, I'm taking time this year to study one subject, which is the subject of grace, because I'm learning every day that I study it. I study it every, I study it every single day. It's not a message. It is the message. It is really the gospel. And it is the dispensation that we live in. And so I'll give you an example of that. A lot of times we kind of read Romans 8 this way, 32 you know, he'll work all things out for our good, right? Those that are called. And so we almost have viewed God as God responding or reacting to what Satan does. So in other words, Satan does something bad and God responds to it. I mean, no, that would put God behind Satan. Really, when you understand this, it is Satan responding to something good God has already done. And what he's trying to do is throw some kind of smoke screen out there so that you'll miss out on the good that he knows is coming your way. So a lot of times if you can see the bad as really the good that God is trying to get to you in its reverse form, then you can focus more on that than what Satan's doing. I'll give you a biblical example of that. It's not my message. I'm just trying to help set you up for where we're going today. You all remember when King Herod... Uh, he put a decree out there to kill all the children two years of age and under. Well, that was a result of something that already happened. Once goodness in the form of Jesus came into the earth, it was Satan responding to what God did. And so Satan released a decree to have all of the children killed because he understood the magnitude of what the goodness that God had just brought into the earth in the form of Jesus was getting ready to do for mankind. So it wasn't God responding to Satan by sending Jesus. Satan was responding to what God did and trying to get our focus off of what God was doing. Can you all see that? 
And you'll hear me talk more about these things as we go. Go with me to Psalms chapter 8. So the ministry of angels are going to be more pronounced in these days that we live in now, which is the end of days, as I just saw so clearly on yesterday as God spared or has been sparing my wife and children's life for almost 60 days now. Psalms chapter 8, verses 3 through 5 says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? Someone say, God is thinking about me. And how many know he's thinking about doing something good for you? It's all he thinks are good thoughts towards us. We're on his mind. And the son of man that thou visitest him. For you made him a little lower than the angels. You should underline angels because the Hebrew word word there is Elohim. So really, the correct translation would be, you made man a little lower than God. You have crowned him with glory and honor or affirmation. How many know it's a blessing when God has crowned you with his glory and his honor? You don't need other people to approve you when God has already approved you. And so God made man a little lower than himself. And so I want you to write down the order of God, and I want you to never forget this. God's order is always this way. It's God, it's man, and then it's the angels. A lot of times we view the angels as bigger than us, but really they aren't. They're really sent to serve us, created to serve us. And so it's God it's man, and then it's angels. And so for about two hours last night, and then I woke up again this morning, I decided to do my own study on just angels. And so I came up with 15 facts about angels. 15 facts about angels. Number one, there are too many angels to count. There are too many angels to count. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and Moses on Mount Zion. Now, how many know Moses had a huge assignment, a huge job? To lead millions of people out of Egyptian bondage to the promised land who have no military training. Come on, Moses is not skilled in military battles. I mean, he needs something bigger than himself to get the children of Israel to the promised land. When you have enemy armies as well as the most powerful military force in Rome on your heels chasing you. How many of you cannot defeat them by yourselves? But Moses was never by himself. How many of you are not by yourself? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 says, But you have come to Mount Zion, referring to Moses on Mount Zion, giving a synopsis of this portion of his life, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, Notice what it says, to an innumerable company of angels. Innumerable means an indefinite number. There were so many assisting Moses that they could not be numbered. How many know that has to be true in order to part the Red Sea and for an entire army or or millions of people to cross over on dry land, hold the water up on both sides until you get there, and then allow all the water to come back down to destroy you. I mean, oh, that was millions of angels holding that water up. And we can go story after story after story about this innumerable number of angels. It was so many that it was an indefinite number that could not be counted. Number two, there are 100 billion angels around the throne. 100 billion angels around the throne. Go with me to Revelations chapter 5. Revelations chapter 5. Let's read verses 11 and 12. 100 billion angels around the throne. Do you all think the choir just sounded good? Didn't they sound good? Imagine what I'm getting ready to read to you right now. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain 
to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Can you imagine over one billion angels singing that chorus? What that must have sounded like in heaven. So there are 100 billion angels around the throne. Number three, every child is assigned an angel at birth. This was comforting to me because I have children. And I have a daughter who will be driving next month. How I many know every father probably goes through the same thing when she pulls out the driveway for the first time by herself? How I many know I have to trust that an angel will go with her every time she leaves and will keep her safe and sound until she comes back home? I have a son, 14-year-old son, who the light has just come on. And he now knows about girls. Stretch your hands up here towards me right now. And girls know about him. Man, that boy set that phone down, and it will just beep, z, 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 VV, Madison, Ashley, Ivy. How many of y'all know I have to trust an angel to help my boy through this season of his life and to also help me not overreact as a parent? Go with me to Matthew chapter 18. Any parents out here can I recognize and identify what I'm going through with two teenagers right now? But I have more confidence in the angels that are sent to protect my children than anything that the enemy will try to throw at them. Every child is assigned an angel at birth. Matthew chapter 18 verse 10 says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angel always sees the face of my Father who is in heaven. So notice every child has an angel. Now, I want you to be comforted. I'll share a story with you at the back end. Even if your child is gone wayward right now and, and may be living something that looks like it's contrary to God, if you'll just dispatch and release the angel that was assigned to them, how I many know the angel will put things in their path, will send laborers across their way, may even manifest themselves as a person themselves to help bring your child back to God. And you can trust that every single time. Every child is assigned an angel at birth. Number four, angels are powerful creatures. Angels are powerful. Go with me to Psalms number 103. Let's look at stanza 20. Angels are powerful. Psalms 103, stanza 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, Heeding the voice of his word. Notice it says, angels excel in strength. The word excel here in the Hebrew means exceeding strong, means powerful warrior. How many know you have a powerful warrior at your disposal? And if you can have an open eye experience right now where God can lift back the natural and allow you to see into the supernatural, you'll see that there are more of them in this room right now than it is people sitting in this room. And your personal angel is on assignment right now, and he is a powerful warrior to keep you. The word strength means force, capacity, and I love this, ability to produce. I mean, it makes no sense to have a powerful warrior on your side, but he doesn't have the ability to produce. Isn't it comforting to know that our angels can produce every single time? Number five, one angel stopped multiple lions. Go with me to Daniel chapter 6, and let's just look at an example of how powerful these angels are. Daniel chapter 6. Number five, one angel stopped multiple lions. Lions are considered the most ferocious beasts in the world. And how many know if there are multiple lions down there, how bad is this angel when he can shut all of their mouths at the same time? 
So much so that he allowed Daniel to lay on the mane of one of the lion's neck and just sleep, use it as a pillow all night long. How I mean, you know, Daniel, now, let, can we just be real people for a moment? I probably would have still stuck myself in a corner somewhere. I wouldn't have been near those lions, even though they're not attacking me. Anyone else in here willing to be honest? Daniel had confidence in his God. Now, in Daniel chapter 6, we know that King Darius, uh, it was time for him to choose princes and governors. And, and Daniel had come into much favor in King Darius' sight. The scripture says, because an excellent spirit was found in him. So it seemed good, and, and King Darius thought to put Daniel over all of the other princes and governors in the region. And how I many know, just like in any job, any corporate setting, I mean, once the ones that really want the position get wind of that, how I many know they might put some situations out there? Right? How I many know that's when all the haters will show up? And so as a result, they said, well, we can't find any fault in Daniel concerning his work ethic. So we've got to find something against him and his God. And so they went to King Darius and said, King Darius, we should have a decree. Now, this is going to sound good to the king because it's all about the king. King Darius, we should have a decree that no one should uh, pray or speak to any other God uh, but you for the next 30 days. Now, they knew Daniel was going to do what he does, which is pray to his God three times a day. And if we find anyone praying or communicating to anyone other than you, King Darius, for the next 30 days, then we're going to throw them into the den of lions. Now, how many know a king feels like he's being honored? That sounds good to me. He signs the decree. So what do all the haters do? They know what Daniel's going to do three times a day, right? They go catch him praying, open up his window, point it eastward. He get on his knees, pray before God. They go back and tell the king, and because the king decreed it and signed it, I mean, he can't annul it now. It cannot be reversed. So as a result, the king has to uh, carry out the order. He has to throw Daniel into the lion's den. I want to encourage someone in here today. If you've ever been fired wrongfully, if you've ever been mistreated, man, don't fight people. Let God fight this battle for you. Because what he's getting ready to do for you will be far greater than what they tried to do against you. Pick up the story in Daniel chapter 6 here. Let's pick it up at verse 16. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions, but the king spoke, saying, Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, listen to the king, he will deliver you, speaking prophetically. The king is. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. Now, every time I read this, I see something different. You would think if Daniel is already in there, the lions would have already tore him up. But here the king can see Daniel and communicate to Daniel, and the lions haven't moved towards him yet. Then the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of the Lord's, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to the palace and spent the night fasting. Wow, the king said, I've got to get before God. <laughs> I mean, that's something. See, I, I think even when people do you wrong, God deals with them. I want you to hear me. You don't have to deal with them. God will deal with them. Folks, I believe there's some things working for me right now that whether I know it or not, it's all getting ready to come all the way back in grand fashion. And I prophesy to somebody in this room for every wrong that's been done to you, God's getting ready to multiply it back to you seven times greater. Oh, I wish somebody would receive that in this room today. If you just take your focus off of the people and put your focus on God, he's getting ready to swing it in your favor. And so the king went fasting. No musicians were brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning, went in haste to the den of lions. Uh, and when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Notice he didn't talk about him. I mean, most of us right there might have called the king something else. 
Come on, can we just be honest in the church? Come on, the king just tried to kill him. Can we be honest in the church? Right? Daniel says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, one angel, and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent. Watch this. Not before the king, but before him. This is why you don't want to let people lead you to doing something against God. Just because someone did something wrong to you, two wrongs will never make a right. Right? So notice, he wasn't found innocent before the king. He was found innocent before God. And this blessed me as I continued to read this. And also, king, I've done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceeding glad for him. And the king commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. If you don't have nothing else underlined in your Bible, I don't care what you go through. You can come out of it with no injury. You can come out of it with no, well, come out of it with no loss. Come on, somebody. You can come out of it better than the way that you went into it. If you will get to a place where you will trust and believe God, God will release an angel to make sure that you come out of it without even the smell of smoke on your clothes. Glory to God. And the scripture is telling us why God delivered him, because he believed in his God. And the king gave a command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, uh, and their children, my God, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all of their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. So while they were falling down, this must be a, a, a pretty nice number of lions here. While they're in the air, the lions catch them in the air, their wives and their children. Now, I'm coming to a place now, folks, where when God has something for you, something is the will of God for your life, three things have to happen. They either have to release it, die, or move on. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. If it's for you and God has it for you and man won't release it, somebody say something's coming to me right now. Somebody say something's working for me right now. Come on, somebody say, I will not lose nothing. And I'm coming out better than what I want in because my angel will see to it. Do you believe that today? Well, come on. Give God a victory shout in advance today. Come on. Give him a victory shout in advance today. Number six, they appear as people. They appear as people. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Now, I've only read one verse, which is verse 2. Never read 1 and 3 in connection to 2. It helped me understand 2 a whole lot better. Watch this. They appear as people. Look what verse 1 says, Hebrews chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. You know why you always want to walk in love with all people? You don't know who you're talking to all the time. Let me try this side of the room over here. That's why you don't want to judge people. You don't want to look down on people. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you don't even know how it's packaged up. You could be misjudging something because of the package that God has delivered it to you. But if I always have a heart to walk in love, now I'm open for God to use anybody. Let brotherly love continue and do not forget, that's the only verse I would read, to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly or unknowingly entertained angels. And look at what verse 3 says. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are ministered or, or mistreated 
since you yourselves are in the body also. So sometimes, folks, the angel may appear like a prisoner and may appear like someone who's been mistreated and has no resources. But yet they have all the resources that you would need. Because it could be an angel disguised. So if your heart is to treat everyone the same, you're going to encounter some situations that are going to be a great blessing to you. Listen to me from unexpected sources. A lot of times we think it's from the people who we know have the means. So we chummy up to them and we walk in love with them. But God said, I'm not going to appear that way. I might look like someone that just got out of jail. Come on, I might look like a homeless person. But I've got your answer with me, depending on how you treat me. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying anything. Stay with me now. So they appear as people. Again, I don't have time to share these stories, but certainly I can look back over my life and realize I was saved through an angel. I've been blessed financially through angels. Let's just keep going. Number seven, angels served and assisted Jesus. How I many know Jesus didn't accomplish the will of God by himself? He had help. And if he needed help, don't you all think we need help? Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Angels served and assisted Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You ever gone through seasons where it seems like it's just everything is coming at you? Did you ever think for a moment that God might have led you into that situation? Because not only does he know you can defeat it, but he's also giving you assistance to defeat it. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into a holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down. Now look at what the devil knew. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands shall they bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Satan quoted that scripture. That's why you got to know the word of God, because he'll put a slight twist on it, right? And if you don't know it clearly, because he never told him to tempt him, go do this to see if I'll do that. And that was the piece that Satan threw in there. That's why Jesus had to come back with something to really refute the wrong part of his misquote. And he'll do certain things like that. How I many of you find yourself justifying the word? That's Satan working on you. Okay, so, so you all going to make me park right here. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? All right, let's keep reading. Verse 7. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up. How many know your enemy is relentless? He's going to keep coming until he finds the door that's open. Then the enemy took him up a third time here, uh, takes him up to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, all these things will I give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, watch this, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. This word ministered here in the Greek, this, was, this blessed me. It literally means, it's where we get our, Greek, our word uh, deacon or de, uh, diak. Conus is, is how it's pronounced, but it's where we get our word deacon. But this is what it means. This is the, the most important part. To be an attendant, that is to wait upon someone and to serve. 
Do you realize angels are just standing there before you like a waiter? And they're just waiting to serve you. So you know what the angels did? They came to Jesus and said, I believe it kind of went like this. I'm from urban America, inner city. I think it kind of went like this. Jesus, we just kicked Satan's butt. What do you need us to do next? We're right here for you. We've got your back. As long as you say what God said, we are here to serve you to the end. Number eight, their job is to serve and assist you. Their job is to serve and assist you. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's read verse 13 and 14. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand? This shows you again that man is higher than angels. Till I make your enemies your footstools. Are they not all serving spirits, ministering spirits or angels sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Who are the ones that will inherit salvation? That is us. So they are sent forth to serve us. Now, I want to tell you all of a story. And again, God is heightening my awareness to this. Uh, This is a a heavy financial month for us. Kids' tuition is due uh, tomorrow, and that's not a, a light penny. And then uh, there's something else we're doing. So, so all together, all the bills totaled about $45,000. I mean, that's not small money. That's some people's salary for the whole year. Now, the tuition part was already in there because we had already been saving that every month since last year. So that part was already taken care of. But there was another piece I was like, "Ah, I don't want to touch that to do that. I don't want to touch that to do that. Anybody ever been there before? Just didn't want to do it. And so sitting across from my wife, we're having our meeting, and I'm like, babe. And she said, well, what about this? Did you think about using that? And when she said that, it kind of rose up in my spirit. But to get to that, I had to go through somebody that I didn't want to deal with. But because she said it and it leaped in my spirit, I said, I'll call the broker on Monday and see what can be done. So I called the broker on Monday, and the broker said, uh, you know, it's mature. There are no penalties. I can release it to you all. You can, I told him the things, and, you know, my daughter, car coming up, a vacation, different things, what it would be used for, and I just didn't want to tap other resources to do it. And this money is sitting right here, and I'm quite sure we're not going to be, you know, connected to that anymore and just wanted to use that for those purposes. And he said, well, I can release it, but... The organization's head has to sign off on it. I said, oh, no. (laughs) So he said, let me check up on it, and I'll get back to you. This was, let's say, on Monday. So by Thursday, uh, I wake up, and all this money hits our account. How many know? I'm like, Jesus! (laughs) How many know they don't turn around stuff that fast? There's signatures that have to take place. It has to be sent back to us. A lot has to happen. They, he's got to go sit down with them, explain to them. Come on. I'm thinking they don't want to do nothing for me. I was thinking it, but I never said it out of my mouth. So that's the only reason it didn't cancel it out. Make a long story short, my wife calls me. I'm coming home from the gym. She says, Bay, I think I messed up. I said, what do you mean? She said, I think I messed up with payroll. All of this money just hit our account. So when I get home, I'm going there and check on it because I don't know what's going on. I said, calm down, babe. You didn't mess up. Somehow that money is already in our account. She said, what? Two to three? Let me tell you what, ha- what I believe happened. I still haven't heard from the broker. I mean, I'm not calling him either. <laughs> It's our money. I mean, I don't need to know what happened. I don't even want to engage at this point where they say you might have to come up, meet, you might need to have a conversation. I still haven't talked to it, so I don't know what happened. All I know is it's in our account, and we have everything we need to take care of all of these bills coming up on this month. Let me tell you what I believe happened. I believe somehow an angel got involved in that whole process. And assisted us. And stopped attitude on the other end. Hello, somebody. And just granted favor, let it go. Release it. 
Some of y'all thinking you should call that broker. I'm not calling that broker. Don't call him. Come on, anybody in agree with me? Let, let's, just, let's just leave this right where it's at, right here, right? But, but what am I saying? Angels will assist you if you're aware that they're there. Hebrews chapter 1, 13 and 14, as we just read. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? You've got to know that you have multiple angels at your disposal to assist you in all areas of your life. Number nine, every church has an angel. How many know if you need a job, the angels will assist you in finding the right one for you? Give you favor where you need. I can go on and on and on. What you never want to do is shut your angel down by not giving proper instructions. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Number nine, every angel has a church. Go with me to Revelations chapter 1. Now, I know that everything that has happened here is because someone has been assisting us. So much so, we went and looked at a building on Friday for our south location. We looked at this building two years ago, and, and they've since lowered the price $2 million, which is now right within our price range. It's coming down even further in Jesus' name. I said it's coming down even further in Jesus' name. I'm talking about we can do everything right there. Twice the size of the one that we just left, gymnasium, five kitchens, three fellowship halls. We can, we can build a counseling center right there that's on the property but not in the building, which is something that I always dreamed about and desire because people like privacy. They like confidentiality. I mean, they don't like walking in the front door and everybody sees them. Well, this would give them the opportunity to drive and never even come on the premises of the property. Give them the privacy. So I plan on taking the whole team back somewhere within the next two weeks or so, look at it again. How many know angels have been helping linked up church the entire time? Watch this, and whatever we do, we won't finance anything. We're in striking distance. Every church has an angel. Revelation chapter 1, 12 through 20. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, verse 12. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, the, the scripture will explain what these are. One like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like wool and white as snow. And his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass and refined in the furnace. And his voice was the sound of many waters. We had in his, or he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of the mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Who is that? Jesus, right? I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, and I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things uh, which are, and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand are the seven and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. So notice, every church was assigned an angel. Now, this is what I am settling from this day forward. If the angel that God has assigned to linked up church can't help us get it done, then God didn't call. Anybody else in here agree with that? I've settled that. So guess what, folks? Everything that we need is already here. And we're just getting ready to walk into it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. South location, paid for. Cobb County location, paid for. Gwinnett County location, paid for. 
and the angel is going to lead us to all the resources. Hallelujah. 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 They must, number 10, keep and protect. They must keep and protect. Go with me to Psalms 91. They must keep and protect. This one touches me dearly because of what I saw on yesterday. Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I've heard the secret place defined as the place of prayer, the place of worship, and I believe all of those are correct. But I think we can sum up the secret place as the presence of God. And whatever we do to put us into that presence, I mean, we now enter into the secret place of God, what I believe. When you're in that secret place of prayer, worship, spending time in the Word, I mean, that's a place that Satan cannot have access to. When we're in the secret place of the Most High, then we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Notice, but we have to say some things. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall, I mean, I know, I, it's a lot going on around our world today. You know, we're getting ready to go on a European vacation. I mean, there's a lot going on in the places that we're getting ready to go. Here's the bottom line. As long as we have peace to go, then we have to trust that while we're there, it will be the safest place on the planet to be. I mean, we cannot live in fear like that. Come on, we're going to Disney Europe. We're going on a, a European cruise. Come on, somebody. And we can't be there afraid every time we see someone that looks like they may be there. Because God's angel is big enough to keep and protect us wherever we are at. We've got to have confidence that we can abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. And we've got to say that he is my refuge, he's my fortress, and it's in God that I put all my trust. He'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you take refuge. His truth, the word of God, shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrows that fly by day. I don't care how many people got shot, what household got shot up. It is not coming near my house in the name of Jesus. And it is not coming near my children. If you just turn on the news today, you will live in fear because it is happening all over the world. Southwest Atlanta, I'm like, my God. And I noticed we've been in Southwest Atlanta two years, but nothing has happened to us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. I don't care how many new diseases come into this world. When any sickness or disease touches my body, it dies instantly. I'm not walking around with gloves on my hands, afraid to shake other people's hands. Come on, somebody. I'm not afraid of sickness and disease. Sickness and disease is afraid of me because of the blood of Jesus and because of my angels. Glory to God nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that lies waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. How I many know we need to say these things all day, every day? I wouldn't care. If I'm on the plane, it is not going down. And if it tries to go down, an angel is going to get right up underneath it and just carry it all the way to the ground and lay it down on the ground because I'm on that plane. And if we don't think this way, how I many know our angels can't respond this way? We've got to say these things all the time. Thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, he was, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Why? For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in some of your ways. And what? All of your ways. Now, let me tell you all a story. Yesterday, my wife had been complaining about her vehicle. And so I didn't know really what was going on. 
So I go and I get it tires, new tires. And I, and I, the car is wore out two sets of tires in 30 days. I'm like, well, so, so, so I get, the tire, get it aligned, realigned, get the um, uh, tires balanced, put new tires on there. Uh, but finally, I decided to take it somewhere on Saturday. You know, you can't get into view of places like you got to make appointments. But I'm sensing an urgency here. So I go to a mechanic that I know out in Gwinnett County. He lifts it up on the hoist. I go sit in the, the uh, waiting area. He comes running around there. Whoa, man, come here, sir. Let me show you something. He said, has your wife and children been riding in this car? I said, yeah. So how long has it been like this? She's been, I'm not sure, honestly. I don't drive the car, so I'm not sure if I had to guess based on the amount of tires and different things that I've done over the last, I'll say anywhere from 30 to 60 days. Well, if you know, understand a car, up underneath the car, there's a frame. And, And the frame has two, let's just say, rods on each side. And then it's connected at the front. Well, the rod on the left is completely broke and bent up. And the, the guy is saying to me that at any point, if your wife would have hit a bump just the right way, it would have collapsed this side of the car. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, as a f- husband and a father, my heart is like, wow. Let me tell you what I believe. Every time she got in that car and started it up because we were not aware an angel was just holding the frame up. Because he said there's no way that the frame should not have collapsed. Then I, last night, I asked her about it, and I'm like, babe, this is something completely different going on with your car. She said, I know exactly what that is. I just didn't know it did that. I was riding behind a truck over a month ago. Something fell off the truck. I heard it went up underneath the bottom of my truck, up, up underneath the car, and I heard this loud bang, but I didn't think anything happened. I didn't know that happened. So I said, babe, the next time something like that happened, please say something. Tell me that. See, I'm thinking alignment, balance, rotate. It's a new vehicle, so you're not thinking something like that happened. With all my heart, folks, it's where this message came from. With all my heart. I believe every time she got in, an angel just. Hallelujah. Come on, if God can't keep you, you can't be kept. And I give God all the glory for that. They must keep and protect. They need instructions from the word. Let me hurry up and close. They need instruction from the word. Go with me to Psalms 103, stanza 20 again. They need instruction from the word. Now, if you could see this with your own eyes, when he lifted it up on the thing, there's no way this car is supposed to be moving. I don't know, anyone in here, a mechanic, understand cars? I'm talking about the whole left side is broke off and bent up. So it's bent up into the frame and completely broke off. And she was saying, I keep feeling this shifting. So the mechanic was telling me all kind of stuff could have happened. From the tire flying off to it just dropping uh, while on the freeway, traveling at fast speeds, hit a bump the wrong way, all kind of things could have happened. But it never happened. Come on, can we just give God glory for his keeping power? They need instruction from the word. Psalms 103, stanza 20. says, bless the Lord, ye his angels, who excel in strength. Watch this. Who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So notice, they only adhere to the word of God. Okay, so if you don't know the word, then how many know they don't have an assignment? And you've got to give the word voice by saying something and releasing your angels to do what they need to do. Number 13, angels escort believers into heaven. How many of 12? Oh, you all are on it today. If you'll acknowledge, if you acknowledge Jesus before people, watch this. He'll acknowledge you to the angels. Go with me to Luke chapter 12. 
you acknowledge Jesus before people, he'll acknowledge you to the angels. Luke chapter 12. And I say to you, verse 4, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, they have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And not, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I struggle reading that from time to time. Now, you all weren't supposed to laugh at that. I feel like you all are laughing at me. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. And then I love this. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Can you imagine if you're bold enough to be a witness? Jesus is saying, I'll command the angels to be whatever you need them to be. But if you'll deny me, then I won't command the angels. Number 13, angels escort believers into heaven. I can only imagine what that chariot ride is like. Sue Dean, I want you all to keep the Dean family lifted up in prayer. Long-term members between Faith Christian Center and Linked Up Church. Uh, over 20 years, just great people, great family. I was both their children's youth pastor. And uh, her husband uh, went home to be with the Lord, Bill, who was a long-term 20-year deacon over at uh, Faith Christian Center. And I'll be at the service this uh, afternoon, but let's keep that family lifted up in prayer. But the way I see that, we're going to do a better job of communicating to the congregation when people, uh, so we can love on them better. And, and just continuously, like a wave of love, come into their house with, I won't say fried chicken, grilled chicken. <laughs> Fruits, vegetables. Come on, we're not trying to put nobody away before their time, right? But, but, but we can love them the way they deserve to be loved, okay? But keep the Dean family lifted up in prayer. And I just believe that when Dean transitioned, well, there was a host of heavenly angels that just came and carried him on in the glory. Word bears me out. Matthew 13, 39. The enemy who sold them, the, the parable of the wheat and the tares, the enemy who sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the what? Angels. Luke 16, 22. Go there very quickly. Luke 16, 22. So it was, Lazarus referring to here, when the beggar died, that the angels carried uh, Lazarus to Abraham's bosom, the rich man also died and was buried. Notice nothing was said about the rich man, but the angels carried Lazarus into the bosom of Abraham, which is where they went before the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Number 14, angels de desire to look into your salvation. Do you realize angels wish they could have what we have? Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at that very quickly. Angels desire to look into your salvation. 1 Peter 1.12. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. Do you realize they wish they could have what we have? And really, they're waiting on us to tell them about how good it is so that they can actually carry it out and experience it with us. Last one, I'll close. Angels are not allowed to sin one time. So if, if they have an instruction from you or from heaven, they have to carry it out. Isn't that comforting to know? Okay, look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, and let's look at verse 4. We'll close right here. Angels are not allowed to sin one time. Look at verse 4. And if God did not spare the angels who sinned, 
but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Angels are not allowed to sin one time. Greatest example of that would be Lucifer and all of his cohorts. He messed up one time, and what happened? He got kicked out of heaven and the host of angels that decided to join him. So I want to comfort you today and make sure that you know that anytime God gives angels instructions concerning you, and anytime you give your angel instructions, they have to carry it out. Isn't that comforting to know? So when you tell them what the word says and you says, God, according to your word, you promised that you'd meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Ministering angels, go forth. Cause that to come to pass in my life. How many know now the angels have to go to work? And they cannot stop until that need is met. How many angels are involved in healing your body? Working with doctors, working through medicine. Angels are involved in every aspect of your life if you become more aware of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In conclusion, write these three things down. What do I do now? Number one, you must be aware of their presence. Okay, so every time your feet hit the ground, make sure that you're aware that you're not hitting the ground by yourself. And listen to this. If you give them something to do every day, I mean, you know, they'll do something every day. So be more aware of their presence. Number two, you must give them assignments. They don't automatically do anything. They only do what you instruct them to do. Okay? So I've got them on an assignment right now uh, with the building that we saw on last week. I told them to soften the seller's heart. We're getting ready to put together a proposal and let it be just music to their ears. Even though it's a lot less than what they're asking. (laughs) See, I'm not just looking at the building. I'm looking at all the renovations that we need to do. How many of we're used to a certain standard? Some of you all, you you just can't go in any kind of building. Pastor didn't see this when he bought this building. I don't live like this at home. I'm not getting ready to go to a church. So so how many of we have to go in in excellence? So I'm factoring all that in with the proposal. Because I know some of y'all, you walk your kids right down there to children's church. I'm not leaving my kids. I'm not dropping them off, not down there. Come on, y'all coming in the main sanctuary with me today. So we got to make it right. You got to give them assignment. Number three, remember this. They only respond to the word. They don't respond to emotion. They don't respond to crying. They don't respond to yelling. Hello, somebody. They only respond to the word of God. Three things. You must be aware of their presence. Must give them assignments. They only respond to the word. Did you all get anything out of this today? Praise God. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Lift our hands to the Father today. Come on, let's, come on. I want you this week to put your angels to work. Glory to God. Come on, they should come back by the end of the day just tired, sweating. Breathing hard. Give me a break. What else you got for me, right? Because we're giving them their assignments. And if you realize you have a personal assistant, I mean, that's a blessing. We see it in the natural all the time. We see celebrities and stars. How I many know they don't do anything? They have personal assistants that drive them and go pick up stuff for them. Folks, you have a personal assistant. And think about it. You can have one in the supernatural. And what they'll lead you to is enough resources where you can have one in the natural. I told my wife, because she cook and clean so much, I said, as soon as these kids go away, we're going to get a chef. (laughs) All that money we've been paying on tuition, 
We're going to free up some resources, and I'm going to take this cooking away from you. How many of y'all know there's some other stuff in there, too? I'm trying to free her up for some other things, too. Come on, how many of y'all know you got to go along to get along, right? I got to keep mama fresh. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Father, we just thank you today. We give you glory and honor. We thank you for your holy word, Father. We thank you for the role of angels, Father, in these end of days, Father. We have no reason to fear, no reason to get up tight because we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You've given your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Not some of our ways, but all of our ways. And so, ministering angels, we release you now to prosper every household, prosper their journeys, prosper their jobs, prosper their careers, prosper their businesses, prosper their marriages, prosper their children, prosper their finances, prosper their schools, prosper their education, prosper their homes, prosper everything that concerns them. Ministering angels, cause it to come to pass. We give you the glory in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen and so be it. Praise God. Look up here at me for a moment. If you're in this building today, I want you to know that God loves you so much that he gave you everything that you'll ever need to succeed in life. Your job is just simply, simply to respond to it. So if you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you today. Come on. I'm not asking you.